Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're actually going to check in with a couple of different people. We're going to hear from Ray Chang of the Talladega Knights and Mark Moore of the Canton Bulldogs. I think you'll enjoy the conversations that we have with both of them. We ask them some standard questions at the beginning and then kind of get a sense of who they are and what their teams are about. Remember that you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes, and you should also really remember that TBT starts on July 9th, live from Los Angeles and Charlotte. Be sure to check out thetournament.com for more information. Ray Chang, Talladega Knights. Ray, where does the team name come from, Talladega Knights? Uh, the team the team name came from uh, pretty much my favorite movie, uh, Ricky Bobby's, uh, well, not Ricky Bobby's, Will Ferrell's uh, Talladega Nights. I'm a big Will Ferrell fan, and um, he was an inspiration for my company, uh, the Motorsport Lab. And plus, he's also made that movie Semi-Pro, which I got a little uh, inspiration from to participate in the TBT. So I figured, you know, in paying homage to, you know, Will Ferrell and Ricky Bobby and Jackie Moon, I thought I named the team Talladega Knights. How did the team come together? Um, it was a connection that I had with Josh Boone. Uh, Josh has played in the tournament uh, two years uh, the first year, he was, uh, I guess, a shot away from winning it. Uh, the previous year, um, he didn't do as well as he wanted to do. Uh, but this uh, this current year, he actually had a team in place, which is what I liked. And his players, I, I've known through other friends that have, um, that have played D1 ball. And uh, it made sense. Uh, great guy. Love talking to him. We have a good car relationship as well, too. And he was, for my feeling, kind of working with other people. He's very accountable, very professional. Um, and he's got uh, the background to, to support um, my team needs as well too, as a GM. So it was, it was a great connection. What would it mean to win TBT? Uh, it, it's a dream come true to win uh, a tournament uh, like this or even any, you know, tournament, uh, whether it's from just rec league uh, or just, you know, a spring league, summer league. But for me, just to be on this main stage in a tournament of this profile and, uh, players of this caliber, um, for me, it would just be a, a dream come true. I mean, I, I drive Ferrari's Lamborghinis for a living, but to win this, it means a hell of a lot more than that. So, for sure. Ray, which team in the Northeast region besides yourselves uh, do you guys look at as one of the best? Um, one of the other the teams that I'm kind of tied for is obviously Beheim's Army uh, and Team Maryland. Um, I think Team Maryland is one of the teams that um, that I've seen get support um, from the last couple of days of voting to shoot up, I think, six or seven or 800 points. So I know that based on that um, trend, I believe they picked up a lot of steam and the players that they have on the team and the support that they have. Um, and as you mentioned, having home court advantage by having your fans there, um, I believe they're one of the, be the toughest teams to, to, to beat. From my point of view, so I was curious. Uh, what's your background in basketball? Like, why is it that basketball is such a integral part of your life? Um, it was probably the only thing I was good at <laughs> um, when I was a kid. When it came to sports, you know, like being a typical, you know, immigrant from Taiwan. You know, my parents pigeonholed me and playing the violin, the piano, and all that stuff. But I gravitated towards basketball, and I was pretty successful in it. And for me, that this silly game, you know, instilled confidence in me uh, and my abilities to, to do, I guess, unbelievable things. You know, I remember um, when I would, when I was in high school, I had this one move, you know, against a guy named, um, in high school, his name, I remember his name is Dan Really. I had this up and under move that I practiced forever. And he was a, he was like one of the starters on the varsity team and I pulled the move off 
And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. This hard work is paying off somewhere. And so I just kept playing and playing, playing. And, um, and every time I show up to a play the basketball court, I was the unassuming, you know, Taiwanese, Chinese, Asian kid. And I've always managed to stick around. Like out of the varsity guys that I played with in high school, I'm probably one of the only guys who are still like active. Um, in my pickup leagues in, in Boston, you know, um, I'm, you know, I've managed to, I guess, exceed expectations, so to speak. Uh, they've nicknamed me, you know, Ferrari <laughs> on the basketball court, which is kind of funny uh, because I'm 37 years old and I still have that engine and I still have the drive to keep playing. Well, do you have that kind of acceleration still? Um, I do. When no, when when I guess people don't know me long enough to know that I will run, um, and and um, which is kind of cool for a 37 year old. I mean, I still get up and down the court. I still play. I still practice. Um, as much as I can. So, um, sometimes I probably throw the ball a little too far for other people. <laughs> so, so, you know, they joke around like, you know, there's another guy we play with. He's probably half my age, but, um, I, you know, I'm thinking he can jump, run faster than me. So, you know, um, so they tell me to slow it down for him. You know, he's not running the speed of a Ferrari just yet. So, but, um, you mentioned it a but, second ago, but what is, so what is Motorsport Lab for those that don't know what your business is? Yeah. So the Motorsport Lab, we're a, uh, a Ferrari Lamborghini, um, you know, racing school. So we teach people the very entry levels of, um, of getting into the racing sport. So a lot of things that we do is focus on car control. Um, and car control is literally learning about your car, how it accelerates, how it decelerates, the, the braking zones, and fundamentally understanding what we call the racing line. And the racing line is literally the cornering of any car um, and how to get through that corner at the most optimum level. And I tell people that you can always go fast straight. That's easy to do, but going to a corner and setting yourself up to get the fastest speed out is the toughest thing to do if you have no experience. And we teach people the very early entry levels of understanding that so they can graduate into other programs that uh, do more experienced um, driving. How did you get into that? What was the background? Um, I was watching Talladega Nights and probably drinking too much. Are you serious? <laughs> that was really what led to it? Yeah, and, and I mean, it was a hobby, right? It was, it was a hobby thing for me. You know, which guy in America doesn't have like a poster of a Ferrari or Lamborghini on their wall? And, you know, I was, I loved driving. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina at that time. And, um, you know, I was doing some hobby, you know, autocrossing. And, um, and I said, Hey, this is such a funny movie. And I love doing some of the exotic cars. No one's ever kind of blended the fact of let's bring exotic cars a little level down from the, I guess the black tie feel of it. And let's let people experience the Ferraris and Lamborghinis in a very simple, um, safe course. Um, what people don't understand is that when you're at a racetrack, those Ferraris and Lamborghinis, as clean as they are in a showroom, they are dirty. I mean, you're changing out tires. You have brake dust on your hands. You are just as dirty as you think you can be. And that's not the image that a real race car can do. You know what I mean? So. Uh, hey, honey, I'm on. I'm on the phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's all right. I'm, uh, I'm being recorded right now. We're used to these kind of interruptions. <laughs> sorry, my wife I'm just not saying anything. <laughs> just plugging in. The- I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Ray, what's the um? So, what is the, uh, in your opinion, the best performance car in the world? Hands down, it's the Ferraris. Um, I'll take any mid-engine Ferrari any day. Of the- um, I'm a um. I'm a Ferrari enthusiast. I love mid-engine cars and I love real-wheel drive cars. 
Um, that is for me, the ultimate driving experience right there. So what do you drive day to day? I hear your kids in the background too. So what do you drive yeah. day to day? Um, so I switched. So wintertime, I have a RAV4, kind of just the utility because I got to, you know, take, pick up my kids. Sure. And then during summertime, um, I have a 2006 BMW 330i. Um, and I sought that car out because it's a real wheel drive and it's a stick. Um, BMWs, but just about all the car companies don't do uh, sticks anymore. Um, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, they got rid of it all um, because, you know, the Formula One transmission is a lot quicker when you're shifting. But it's such a rarity to find a stick. So I sought out that car specifically for that manual transmission. In terms of, um, you know, relating your basketball background to what you do now professionally, do you take any experiences from the court into what you do with this this company that you've built, Motorsport Lab? I do. Um, for me, the one thing I always tell people is you got to respect the sport and the people around it. Um, you know, in terms of playing basketball, you know, when I come into a new group of people, the one thing I never do is I never try to showboat or try to shoot too much or try to, sorry, that's my daughter. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> um, you know, try to do too much because you know, it's a group of people, it's established, and you want to be respectful and be humble because I've seen people get kicked out from this group that I'm in because they're just not the type of people that want they want to be around. Um, and when it comes to racing, I tell people, you got to respect the cars and your peers because if you're the one that's going to try to showboat and hot dog it, you could kill everybody, right? And you don't want to hit that wall. And if you actually hit a wall and you create a chain reaction accident, you know, we call it like a train wreck, you, people are going to get hurt. Um, so that's one thing I've always learned on the court that I translate to what I do in, in driving and racing is to always be respectful of the people and the game. And also, you know, especially with racing the cars, um, because they, they are another animal of their own. And if you don't respect it, meaning you got to change its tires, the oil, the servicing of it, making sure it's drivable. Um, and you know, we, we kind of joke, we call our tires sneakers. If you don't have good sneakers, um, you know, meaning good tires, you're going to have a bad performing day. Well, the stakes for showboating are not quite as high on a basketball court as they are on a racetrack. And <laughs> if you are having been such an, and still continuing to be such a big fan of Talladega Nights, I'm curious if you have, uh, any kind of secret handshakes or celebratory dances ready <laughs> in the event that you end up winning. Uh, you know, right now, no, I will probably, I may take off my shirt and just run around crazy. Like, you know, like that scene with Ricky Bobby when he thought he was on fire. <laughs> probably that. <laughs> um, but everything we do, I mean, we just, you know, I love Talladega Nights. We, we take homage by copying everything that we do with the shake and bake. And, uh, you know, like I piss excellence, you know, every morning when I get up, you know, having that great positive attitude. Um, and I think at the end of it is, you know, we just want to have a good time. You know, um, and that for us is let's just have a good time and enjoy what we have, and which is, you know, for this tournament is that we have a good team, we have a great group of people, and we have this awesome format that for me, I never thought could happen giving just anybody um, the opportunity to do this. So I, I appreciate you and the folks at the tournament at the TBT um, to allow guys like me who never had the chance to kind of. Uh, work professionally in the sport to get in the sport and kind of get our fingers wet. And we hope, and I hope that this leads to some other, um, you know, future career opportunities in basketball, which is something I've always wanted to do. All right, Ray, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. 
Cool. Thank you. All right. Mark Moore, Canton Bulldogs. Mark, where does the name Canton Bulldogs come from? The name Canton Bulldogs, it comes from, uh, it's, it's the name of the high school there in town, but it, it actually originates from the, an old uh, professional football team that was there in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Canton, Ohio is also the Pro Football of Fame city. Uh, Canton Bulldogs is the high school name. It was the old pro name. It is something that everybody there can, um, from that city would be able to uh, 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 assimilate themselves to or be, a, uh, be familiar with. It's just something that everybody's close to and familiar with there. How did this team come together? Um, well, it, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I found out about this, uh, this tournament uh, from Eric McCullum. Uh, Eric McCullum won it last year. Uh, a good friend of mine. We played high school basketball together. Me, Eric, CJ, Costa Kufis. We all played together on the same high school team at Canton Glen Oak. And, uh, you know, just in conversation with Eric, I got more familiar with what was going on. So, you know, I thought I would see if I could take a stab at it myself. Why are you playing in TBT? Um, I have a firm belief that uh, some of the best basketball players, in my opinion, I play college basketball on almost every different level you could play in the college basketball. I've been around the entire country. Basketball has been a good, uh, a good uh, 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 venue for me to be able to explore the country. Uh, and it's my opinion that some of the best basketball players, especially guard play, comes from my area. What would it mean for you to win TBT? It would mean a lot. Uh, you know, obviously the monetary uh, value in it with $2 million being there, that, that's a big pull. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more so about the pride of my city, the Hall of Fame city, uh, being able to prove that, hey, you know, in this 40-mile radius where I'm from, you know, some of the best basketball players in the world come from here. Which team in the Midwest region besides yourselves are you looking at as one of the best? Oh, there's a couple. I mean, the Midwest is very thick. I mean, you have Michigan State, K-State. Really, to be honest with you, Ants alumni, them being uh, so well uh, fam- and familiar with each other as far as the D-League play that they've done. Uh, they, I've actually been watching them a lot. K-State, uh, I've been watching some of their, their, their NCAA runs and watching their films. So those two teams there, they're, they're really interesting. How far into this actual um, scouting have you gotten so far? Have you, uh, you said you're watching game film already? Yeah, I've been, you know, I'm watching whatever I can pull from YouTube as far as like uh, whatever is available to me. But yeah, I've been watching pretty good because, you know, these guys are going to come out and they're going to run some of their stuff. So you got to you got to be prepared. And, they, you know, I just t- say this to my guys and my coaches. And, and you know, I say this to myself when this, the higher the stakes, the more preparation people are going to put into it. So if if I want to be serious about winning anything, you have to be serious about preparation because that's half the battle. You had said that um, you went to high school with Eric McCollum, CJ uh, Costa Kufis. What was the? Um, were you watching Eric last year as like he progressed through TBT? Were you aware of what was going on? I I was not aware until he started playing. Until the games started becoming live on ESPN, and somebody had texted me. They were like, "Hey, Eric's on TV." So I turned on TV, and I'm like, "I was like, what is he? I thought he was overseas. What is he playing? What is this?" Yeah. He didn't say anything to me. I didn't even know anything about it until I started watching him on TV. So that that's what kind of happened. And so you're watching these games. I mean, it, it, you're still friends with him, obviously. I mean, were you rooting for him? And what were your feelings when you saw him walk off with that big check? Oh, of course. I was I was ecstatic for him. I mean, anytime somebody from our area does something big, you know, you feel like you've done it as well. So 
it just it just it was it was uh it's very exciting to see him uh succeed in that nature um you know uh it was just i was just confused i didn't know what was going on i didn't know what it was he was playing in i didn't know i had to figure things out how far removed from playing are you at this point uh <laughs> good question uh you know, I'm about two knee surgeries in, oh, about five knee surgeries in, but two di- two different knee uh, injuries. But uh, I'm about four years removed from playing playing at the competitive level. So if this, this had if this had been, if this had been around five or six years ago, you'd be playing in it for sure, huh? Oh, for sure, without question. <laughs> <laughs> what about the um? What about in terms of the, how the team itself? You're from what you've told me, it sounds like you're kind of doing almost like a a tryout situation with some people, right? I mean, but, but you're, you're picking other people. How does that work? Um, we, we did want to try out. My main thing was, uh, although I could have done it a way where we just pulled players from all over the world or country and got guys from all different sections of, I wanted to be specific with Northeastern Ohio, that 40 to 50 mile radius from around, around Akron, Canton, Cleveland, and just get guys from there. You know, uh, you know, I do see we're probably going to eventually get guys from other areas, but that'll be one or two guys. But my main focus was to get guys from my home area. And uh, yeah, we did do like tryouts and stuff like that, but we just only did that. We knew who we wanted. We just did that kind of to give other guys who we may not have seen in years an opportunity to show us what they had. And you're a Canton guy through and through, but you don't live there anymore, right? I, I, I am a Canton guy through and through. I don't live there anymore. I, I like I said, I've, I've lived in D.C. I've lived in uh, Washington State. Now I'm currently in Alabama. What was your background? You said that you played college basketball at almost every level. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that in terms of that progression and how that came about? Yeah, uh, I went to Eastern Michigan my first year of college. Uh, that's where I tore my first. I tore my right knee. Uh, then I transferred to a Division two school in in, uh, in D.C. I played there. I, I had an actually pretty successful year. I started noticing some guys that I played against in D.C. Uh, Reggie Williams, I played at VMI. He's actually going to be playing in the TBT tournament. Yes. I played against him. Uh, so I played against VMI that, that year when he was there, when they were actually, uh, I think they got the, the Sports Illustrated cover that year. Yeah. So, uh, and then, um, then I transferred to Was- Walla Walla in Washington. That's when my dad, he got the coaching position out there. And he, you know, we want to kind of make it a family thing. So I went out there when he got the coach position out there. And is your dad still coaching now? Um, no, he isn't. We actually did coach here together in uh, high school here. Uh, but we, we kind of just, uh, we gave that up a little bit. And uh, we're, we're just kind of, we do other little, we're going to do men's leagues. We do AU tournaments. We just do different things like that. You have, um, I think you have a, a, it seems to me like a really solid roster. But in addition to that, you have a coach in your staff, right? Say it again. Do you have a coach on your staff? I I do. I have uh, I have uh, Mark Moore, who's my father. Yeah. I have George Jackson, uh, who's one of my father's best friends, and then I have uh, Coach Alandre. Okay, so who's calling the shots? Because we don't really have like a designation for head coach, assistant coach. What's the What's the hierarchy there? Uh well, you know, um, my dad he he's the first coach I approached the Heat, so he he's a he's a shot caller. Uh, Co- Coach George Jackson, uh, he, he's he's right there with my father. They're they're best friends. They work it out uh, in, in tandem. And uh, and Coach Alondre, she's some, she's a good support coach. She she pulls everything all together. She's like the glue. Um, Mark, when are you guys going to get together? Where is it going to happen? What's the plan in terms of like prepping for the actual games starting on the sixteenth and seventeenth in uh, July? Right. Well, we've already uh, we've already been together a couple couple different times. Uh, we've already had some uh, training camps, quote unquote. Uh, we'll be getting together again a week here before, uh, the week before we leave for Chicago to have like a week long camp. And then we'll go 
we'll go into the uh, tournament hopefully uh, very prepared, and we'll see where we are. Have you talked to any other uh, any of the other teams that have competed in TBT before about what they did to prepare, or are you kind of just going into this on your own without concern <laughs> well, of what others did? Well, my my biggest source of uh, information was is Eric McCullum and uh and you know their their team last year they just kind of showed up and I, I don't think we, I don't think that'd be wise to do that this year so we'll, we'll see how it works out but uh you know I've been picking his brain on things that they did he kind of told me that the the first time the first actual practice they actually had was uh the day before the actual championship and he said it was more or less a shoot around and a and a and a, some. Uh, some video that they had watched, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, he gave me some insight to what went on and, uh, I just kind of took what I knew from college and how, how, uh, programs were ran. And then I try to run it more so like a, like professional or college type situation preparation. Why do you think it is that some teams are able to click like that? Like overseas elite with Eric did last year. And some teams, no matter how much they practice, they get on the court during a game and it just doesn't, it doesn't click. Why do you think that is? I think it's uh, it's it's familiar. Uh, you got to be familiar with the guys you're playing with. It's chemistry. Um, I know that Eric said that he had played against or with most of those guys overseas, and I know they all have the same agent. So, and he was all like, "We're all pro guys. We all run the same basic sets." So we kind of knew where we would fall in that situation. Um, and, and in my team construction, uh, what we got is guys. All these guys have been playing together for years. Um, a lot of these guys played for my dad or with me. Growing up in AAU, we all know each other since being in, you know, diapers all the way through middle school to high school, you know, stayed in contact, contact through college and stuff like that. So everybody knows what everybody's capable of. Everybody knows what uh, Coach Moore runs. They played in his system one point in time in their life. So everybody, the, the, the ideal of, of going into the tournament, we know who we are. And we have chemistry. That's why I think it's so uh, vital that we pull guys that we're familiar with each other just from our area. You know, when you pull guys from separate areas, it's kind of tough to to click instantly because you don't have the familiarity. You don't have a, 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 a viewpoint to, to go to to say, hey, this is what we want to do. And, and, you know, other guys are from different organizations, different areas. They don't, they don't have the same uh, mindset. How important is it to you, aside from winning the money, but you mentioned it at the beginning about Northeast Ohio, but how important is it to you to really represent that area well? It's very important to me. Um, I love where I'm from. I really do. I love my city. I, I love my area. Uh, you know, my, my father's from Ken, my mother's from Akron. You know, uh, when, when you come from where I'm from, like when you see guys like LeBron doing what he does and he's from where I'm from, and it's just, it just, it makes you, it makes you happy to know that, you know, one of the best basketball players probably ever is from where I'm from. And then you got, you know, Keith McLeod, to be honest, in Canton, Keith McLeod's like a folk hero. Like people, you know, he, he was a, he was a NBA, NBA player for about six, seven years, but where I'm from, just, just to have him on a team, guys love him. Uh, you know, he's, he's actually coaching high school ball there in Canton at, at my alma mater now. So, you know, it's just, it's just very important because I just love where I'm from. I just, I just love to represent the city of Canton and, uh, that's what I'm trying to do here. In terms of um, scouting opponents and, and doing all that kind of stuff, have you kind of poked around the site and figured out outside of your own region, like kind of which teams you might have your eye on, which teams are, you know, your bets to to do well? Yeah, I actually, I, I have. I've been looking all over the place. I, I've been looking, that that was something I we, we were focusing on. I, I kind of looked at last year to see how the lay of the land was to see what region we should play in. Um, it was mid, the mid, we wanted to play out West, but we, we didn't think, uh, financially that'd be the smartest way to go, you know, 
given where we're located. And then we thought Chicago would be good. We wanted to stay out of the Northeast. To be honest with you, I think that's one of the toughest regions as far as play uh, gameplay. But, uh, uh, yeah, I have, uh, the South has some good teams, team DBD, man. They're going to be good. Like you have a couple, you have Ohio guy off of that team. Um, went to Cincinnati, played for my coach, uh, George Jackson. Uh, 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 I don't know his name. Anyway, uh, they, they have a good team with John Wall and they have a really good team down there in the South. And yeah. then of course, Eric and Eric McCullough in the South, uh, you know, uh, city of guys in the Northeast, they look really good. I was just looking at some of their roster, uh, you know, you know, K State, and then out in the West, you have Boston College is out there in the West Coast. They look good. They're yeah. going to have some chemistry. So it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be thick. Interesting. Mark, I really appreciate your time. We'll touch base again soon. Sounds good. Thanks.